Welcome back to the Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth. It is Monday, October 28th. A new book available from Concordia Publishing House, Praise and Honor, Hymn-Inspired Devotions, written by the Reverend Timothy Shoup. He's pastor at St. Paul Lutheran Church in Bonduelle, Wisconsin. Pastor Shoup, thanks for joining us on the Coffee Hour this morning. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you. We love hymns on the Coffee Hour. I'm so we excited love hymns right now. <laughs> And uh, so excited, uh, pretty pretty happy to hear about a, a new book that you've mm-hmm. written uh, with hymn-inspired devotions. Let's talk about hymns first. How have hymns helped you learn God's Word and His love for you? That's a really good question. And, um, and one thing that comes to mind is I guess my family was uh, pretty strong in the faith, but you know, regular in worship, and my parents sang. And uh, my brother used to prod me and say, Tim, open the hymn book. You need to sing. And uh, early on, I can remember some hymns being important to me. And uh, then certainly by the time I got to college, being introduced to hymns that I hadn't sung before, about then LW had come out and there were some newer hymns coming into the church. So to hear these these words in a poetic fashion that also paint a picture— um, I guess that's impactful to me. Mm-hmm. How do hymns uh, talk about God's Word and, and teach us a little bit differently than uh, reading through Scripture or hearing Scripture on its own um, or, or re- reading a devotion? How are hymns a little bit different uh, when we sing through these words? Well, I think the way the way I answer that, the way I think of that is, Because the person who writes the hymn gets to think a good while about how they want to uh, write phrases, and, you know, perhaps they rhyme, but they use word pictures, and they do things in a way that a typical Bible verse doesn't. I mean, the Bible stories obviously paint pictures for us, but uh, the putting together of words in a way that are memorable, and then using different words to say the same thing, um, you know, I'll give you you an example, maybe... um, uh, let's see, a, a newer baptismal hymn in in, uh, in our new hymnal. Well, now it's ten years old, but uh, God's <laughs> own child, I, God's own child, I gladly say it. Uh, this is just a wonderful text. And when I first, you know, I'd sung the hymn, I'd known it, but not until studying it for this little book. The middle three stanzas, the first word of each stanza is stanza two is sin, stanza three is Satan, stanza four is death. Well. We've all heard about sin, Satan, and death for quite a while, but I didn't realize uh, until I looked at the hymn a little more closely that the author actually has us talking to sin and to Satan and to death rather than simply about them. Mm -hmm. So we always talk about Christ being the one who is victorious for us over sin, Satan, and death, but here we're actually talking to them, empowered by Christ, baptized into Christ. We can sort of talk back to sin, put it in its place, and... uh, tell Satan that he doesn't have power over us and this sort of thing. So to answer that question, I mean, it's just a clever way that brings Christ to us, that helps us learn uh, the wording of the hymn stanzas in a way that uh, Bible verses maybe don't do it quite that way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I find um, like when I'm when I get a hymn stuck in my head, it it, it makes you understand uh, our our faith, uh, what we confess in the catechism, a little bit deeper, and maybe in a, in a way that we can connect with um, because it's language that we use all the time when we sing these hymns on a Sunday morning or in our devotions. Um, it becomes kind of 
part of us and part of the way that we speak the faith or sing the faith, I guess, um, to well, each other. Plus, having, uh, having the melody or the tune with it helps mm-hmm. it uh, just kind of stick. Yeah, exactly. I agree with you. Yeah. Um, looking through this, the list of hymns, I am so excited to dig into this book when I, when I get it. Um, what, what research did you do uh, when, you, when you wrote this book, and what, what did you learn um, from these hymns or, or just from the research process as you, as you uh, created the, the devotions for this book? Yeah, thank you. Um, well, first I simply spent time with the hymn text like a person normally does, at least I never did. You know, you open mm-hmm. up the hymnal in church and you sing it, we're on to the next thing or whatever, but to allow myself time to just uh, try and carefully read through the hymn text and try and jot down, okay, what is this stanza actually saying? And sometimes I'd get stuck and have to, uh, you know, ask somebody else or read something else that I would maybe find about the hymn. Uh, but first, just to try and sit with the text itself and make sure I understand where it's going, what its point is. But then what I enjoy doing is um, uh, looking at the scripture passages that are related to the to the hymn, and from there, then I would go to secondary sources, as we call them, either, um, you know, one of the most helpful things for me, CPH started about 20 years ago, this commentary series, and a book or two of the Bible comes out each year by different scholars on the different books of the Bible. I spent a lot of time with those, studying the scripture that relates to the particular hymn or hymn stanza. So that was, um, I mean, I, I've got hundreds and hundreds of hours in this. I guess I work slowly or what, but to try and study and think through carefully and then read what other people have written and uh, sort of put that all together. And then I would finally start thinking about, okay, how do I want to try and express in a relatable way, but hopefully with some meat, um, what's going on in this, in, in each stanza of a given hymn. As you dug into each of those hymns and, and the text behind the hymns, what did you learn? Is there one specifically that really stood out for you? I'm sure that uh, just digging that deep, you're going to uncover all kinds of things that you don't necessarily think of when you're singing the hymn on mm-hmm. Sunday. Uh, is there anything that really stood out or anything specific that you learned that um, was really profound for you? Yeah, that's um, there definitely is. And um, I'll give you a ex- couple examples, maybe. Uh, one of them, let's take the hymn that everybody's known for their whole lifetime, is Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. And if you were to have asked me before working on this, what's that hymn about? I would have said, well, it's a hymn of comfort for somebody when, you know, faced with death, or maybe they have a difficult thing going on in life, so we go to the Rock of Ages, we go to Christ for our comfort, something like that. But it never uh, occurred to me, and never, I never realized that actually each one of those stanzas is a stanza asking not for comfort in a time of depression or death, but asking for grace and mercy as I'm going to meet my judge when I actually do die. So um, I don't know if that was your question, but that was one particular hymn that Mm -hmm. I learned to see differently. And then a couple of theological things or maybe points of faith just in general. uh, uh, Studying for 941, the Te Deum, set to... uh, to to verse by uh, Pastor Starkey, Uh, that gave me a chance to kind of dig into what's really going on in the throne room of God in heaven with cherubim and seraphim. And so that gave me opportunity to spend some time in Ezekiel and um, Revelation books that uh, probably give us as much as anything on on the angels and what's going on there. So I, I think the point that I maybe got a little better grasp of is 
expanse or the gap between who we are as God's creatures and who he is as God Almighty, when we start thinking about, um, you know, everything that is unseen that is still created, and then there's little us. So um, that was a, a helpful concept, and I tried to, you know, put that forth a little bit in a couple different spots in the devotions. And one other thing I would say about that is, um, you know, as Lutherans, we very much appreciate and understand Scripture's teaching us about sinful nature. So uh, that came through quite a bit in my study, too, just a, a renewed or a deeper understanding of, you know, the sinful nature that we're, that we're plagued with. And a part of the frustrating part is while I was studying and, and kind of learning and appreciating, I say, hey, Lord, you're actually getting to me here, you know, and uh, <laughs> this is all helpful. And now that, it's, uh, now that it's a number of months past and one maybe isn't as intensely in it as he was, it's like, okay, Lord, am I back to normal already, you know, can you not? Uh... So the sinful nature is very strong. I guess that's the point I'm, I'm trying to make. And, and from an academic way, I was exposed to passages and what other people have written about it. Um, but then realize that, uh, you know, that thing is always fighting and tugging against us. And thank God we have Christ or we're in, we're in real trouble. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, what do you want uh, people who use this book to, to gain? And, and what, what is the format um, of these devotions? How do you, how do you uh, take people through uh, these hymns as they're, using, as they're using this devotional book? Well, I'm going to... Um, I'm going to back up and say my first idea that I presented to Concordia was basically um, that that uh, people can become frustrated or they think bored in worship, and I think sometimes because they're halfway through the first line of a hymn and they hit a word or a phrase, they don't quite understand the meaning, so the mind wanders. And then I followed that up with, I said, in, in uh, LSB, there are a number of just tremendously good new hymns that I think a lot, a lot of our congregations aren't even trying for lack of familiarity. So wouldn't it be helpful if we had a book of devotions, one per stanza, to help people get more from what they're singing, etc., and then also to introduce people uh, to some of our newer hymns. And I wanted to focus predominantly, if not exclusively, on hymns that are newer, new or newer to us through LSB. Well, one of the editors at Concordia politely said back, um, Pastor, nobody's going to want to read a book of devotions <laughs> on hymns they've never heard of. <laughs> So I thought, well, okay, you say it that way, you probably got a point. So then we, you know, we mixed in, um, you know, we tried to get a nice balance of the hymns. So one of the things I hope the book does do, though, is is uh, encourages people or congregations to explore some hymns in LSB that they maybe hadn't sung before or weren't aware of, because the texts and the melodies with them are so good. It's just a, a gift from God, some of these hymns to us in LSB. So that's one thing to get us to see some of the newer hymns. And then, you know, even more important, uh, more, even though I like the new hymn idea, is just to help people uh, receive Christ or come closer to Christ through the, the richness and, uh, and the messages of these hymns. The Reverend Timothy Shoup, St. Paul Lutheran Church, Bonduel, Wisconsin, author of Praise and Honor, Hymn-Inspired Devotions from Concordia Publishing House. Thank you so much, Pastor Shoup, for joining us on the Coffee Hour today. You are so welcome. Thank you very much. I'm Andy Bates. I'm Sarah Golseth.
Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support the Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you. Anytime. Anywhere. Anywhere.